Welcome to Gutter Trash, episode 198, The Infernal Mad Thing. We also read a comic book. My name is Eric. <laughs> I go by Jason. Nice to meet you. What's up? Hey. How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm excellent. That's good. I'm excellent. That's good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... You doing excellent? Uh, no. Oh. You know me better than that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I was hoping we were like Bill and Ted. Oh. We're both the most excellent. We're never Bill and Ted. Oh. Not until we can get us a uh, time traveling phone booth. Oh, that'd be awesome. Do they even make those anymore? Um, yeah. Do they? Uh-huh. Okay. They call them TARDISes. TARDISes. Yeah, but they're oh. only available in England. Wow. Maybe, uh, you know, some sort of you know, eBay thing, you could get one over here. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Might take a while to ship, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have problems with... Is that what you ordered was a TARDIS? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, ordered it from England, uh, like, two weeks ago. They said, uh, like, 10 to 15 business days. It has been well over that. <laughs> and, uh, the TARDIS has not yet arrived. That's ironic that a time machine is running late. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly. Oh, is that a, is that British slang? That, that's a joke for the three Doctor Who fans who oh, listen to okay. this show. <laughs> Say, I did not, I did not get it. Yeah. Mm. And, uh, it was also a bad joke. Mm. I apologize to those three Doctor Who fans. <laughs> who are probably too busy watching the new season anyway. Is the new season good? The uh, new season just started. Oh, yeah. First episode was good. Oh. I liked it. Cool, cool. Uh, not seen the second episode yet, because that just came out last night. Mm. I was busy doing drawings. Yeah, you were. Yeah, well, I guess I wasn't really drawing anything, was I? You're, you're coloring. I was coloring. Yeah. I was designing, laying mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you were getting some sun with your bikini. Yep, laying out by the pool. Well, it's pleasant out now. Yeah, so it's not too hot. Still pretty warm. You know, the sun is, uh, not super intense, uh-huh. so, you know, you're, you're not worried about, uh, getting, uh. No burning. No, well, I don't burn. Mm-hmm. Because I'm, you know. That olive. Awesome. Com- yeah, olive. Uh, right, right. Yeah. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, you don't, you know, you still get tender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, especially if the, uh, the intensity of the sun is too much. I hate that sun. It's Gotta awful. get rid of that thing. It is terrible. <laughs> Come on, non Sundays. Non Sundays. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> I'm uh, yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I walked around all day outside and it was nice and cool actually. Yeah. I uh, yeah. I totally forgot that it's a festival weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, festivals abound all over the place. They're everywhere. They are. If you went to one such. Yes. We'll probably talk about that later. Yeah. Right. Might as well. Yeah. Uh, I haven't been to a festival in years. Used to hit the uh, the Italian festival it was also this past weekend. Used to hit that quite a bit. Uh, and uh, went to the popcorn festival a couple times. Ooh, who doesn't love popcorn? I don't. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird that you would go there. Well, uh, there was a point in time where I liked it. Oh, okay. And there was also a point in time where uh, you know, it first started, and uh, everybody. And by everybody, I mean my mom, uh, <laughs> said, what the hell would there be at a popcorn festival? We have to go check this out. Right. right. So yeah. maybe, 
Did you go like so often as that what made you hate popcorn? No. Uh, <laughs> uh, I only went like twice, uh, you know, when, you know, you know, at that point in time. Right, right. But uh, I believe I've mentioned my stint uh, working at a movie theater. Yeah. Yeah. That is where my hatred of popcorn started. <laughs> and also having to work the popcorn festival for the movie theater. Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Okay. Because it's, the, the festival is held right on the main strip of, of, uh, Fairfield Road, where the movie theater was. Mm-hmm. So basically, I mean, why not show up and represent? Right. I mean, when you think popcorn, you know, most people think movie theaters. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, we had we had a little uh, a little cart out there that uh, barely worked, and uh, you know uh, we're uh, mostly ignored by everybody because uh, when you're at a popcorn festival, nobody wants regular popcorn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you want like. Popcorn, chocolate covered popcorn, or like yeah, weird popcorn, 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 yeah, ice cream popcorn sundaes. I think they actually have that. Oh wow! Yep, sounds delish. Uh, What no? (laughs) But uh, yeah, enough of this. Hmm. This infernal talking. Yes, let's uh, let's talk some infernal other things. Yes, some man things. Yes. Like the Infernal Man thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So, how many how many man thing jokes can we make? Oh, probably more than we should. Okay. <laughs> I already attempted at least one. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. I'll, have to, I'll think of a good one later. All right. I mean, it's just too bad that we didn't read the giant size man thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. The giant size vagina man thing. <laughs> what? Is that a book? No. I'm sure it would be. The Infernal Man Thing. Yep. You've killed the show already. I've, I try. <laughs> I always try to kill the show. <laughs> Trying to help the listener. <clears throat> so, let's talk about this book. Written by Steve Gerber, drawn by Kevin Nolan. Well, painted by Kevin Nolan. Yeah. Uh, apparently, decades in the making. Yeah. Yeah, written in the 80s? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, turns out that, uh, the story is also a sequel to a different story. Luckily, they're kind enough to reprint it on the back. Yeah, yeah, uh, like, uh, the, the very first page of the first issue, they have a, uh, a letter from the editor, basically, uh, stating, uh, what's what. Uh, and that, uh, yeah, there was a story written in the 70s, uh, in the, um, early Man-Thing series, uh, that I guess was popular. Yeah, I'd never heard yeah, of it. It must be a classic or anything. But, uh, yeah, so they decided, uh, like years later that, uh, this should maybe be a sequel. And, uh, so, uh, they did it. Or, or at least Gerber did it. Right, well, the editor, you know, organized it, I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, Steve Gerber wrote it up. Uh, they decided it should be, uh, a special thing, so they wanted, uh, a top-notch artist on it. Uh, they got Kevin Nolan. Good choice. Yeah. So I don't know when this was. Uh, it just says in the eighties. Didn't say when it started. Um. And it did not see publication until uh, just like two months ago. Yeah. 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 The third one I think just came out. A couple uh, weeks. Yeah. I think it was last week. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so Kevin Nolan is slow, is what we're learning. Uh, because, uh, sadly, Steve Gerber died like three, four years ago. Yeah. 
so he uh, never got to see this uh, printed. Well, I bet he. I, I bet he got to get a look at a bunch I'm sure of the pages. He saw some pages. Yeah. yeah. He probably knew it was coming along at a snail's pace. Right. But, you know, coming along nonetheless. Right. Uh, but yeah, they do, uh, they do print the, uh, original story. The Song Cry of the Living Dead Man. In, uh, the back of the first and second issues. So, uh, you know, that's good, at least. It, yeah, was, my only thing was there should have been a warning. Like, hey. Right. Like in the, you know, cause they even have that page where they talk about the, you know, the prequel, if you will. Right, they could have thrown in in parentheses, you know, reprinted in the back of this issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think we both started reading it. Like, I read, the, I read you know, the whole entire issue before I realized right. that it was back there. I read a good chunk of it before I just happened to, for whatever reason, flip through to the back and saw that it was, you know, there was a reprint story. Right. And I was like, what's this? And I looked and saw that it was the story they were referring to in that first page. So I was able to stop what I was doing, and then I decided to read the backups first. Yeah. And then go back and read the, the main story. Which is the way to go. Yeah. 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 I, having read it both ways, because I read the entire series before I read the backups. Right. And then I read the backups, and I read the entire series after the backups. Right. And I gotta say, it works much better. Right. Having read the backups. Seems like a lot of extra work on your part. I know, right? Right. <laughs> it's my endless dedication to quality. Yeah. <laughs> uh, someone's not gonna show up. Ah. Uh, uh, it hasn't manifested physically yet. It's just all <laughs> sort of milling around in the ether that is my brain. Uh, <laughs> um, but man, I, I, uh, I thought it was awesome. It was really good. I did not. Oh, really? Yeah. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the art first. Okay. Uh, Well, first of all, the covers are by Art Adams. That man can do no wrong. That's a bonus right That is a super bonus. Yeah. And uh, creatures like Man-Thing were made for Art Adams to draw. Oh, yeah. So, Tons of detail, and yeah, yeah it was yeah. just amazing. Cartoony, but detailed, which right, is my right. favorite combo. Uh, so yeah, so he is, uh, he's amazing, and the covers look amazing. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the interior art is by Kevin Nolan, for, for the main stories. Yeah. Um, Kevin Nolan is, is, uh, a special kind of amazing artist. Uh... Like, I've been a fan of his ever since I first saw his work. Uh, even when he just does inking, you can tell that Kevin Nolan inked it. Yeah. Because he's just got that overpowering style that he just turns everything into his own thing. Right. Uh, and, and can turn mediocre art into just awesome. Right. Oh, yeah. I definitely agree. Uh, sadly, this book didn't have that. What? <laughs> uh, the art is good. The art is very good. I'll do that. Right, okay. And it does look like Kevin Nolan. Yeah. But it doesn't look like the thing that Kevin Nolan does that is so amazing. Really? Which is heavy, noodly, cross-hatchy inks. Right. This doesn't have any ink. Or, I mean, it does, but it's all painted, so right. the, the detail work on it is, is minimal. Or, I don't want to say minimal, but... it. 
it has a it has a different quality for sure. It has a very different quality, and it's not what I enjoy when I look at Kevin Nolan's right. work. Uh, so basically, the thing that I absolutely fucking love about Kevin Nolan is entirely missing. From uh, okay, this. I can I can see that. I can totally see that. Um, but I still I think it's some of the best art I've ever seen him do. Oh, it's it's great. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. It's just not what I like. Right. Yeah. It'd be like if your favorite metal band put out an awesome acoustic album. Right. You're like they're really good at this thing that I don't want to hear them do. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah because kevin nolan i mean yeah he's the he's a master like that's why he's primarily an inker probably because he's a master and also he's apparently really slow (laughs) yeah (laughs) well it only took him a decade to draw each issue Uh, (laughs) um but i mean yeah he's a master of inking and like you know black and white you know like Making that mood and that setting right. really work. And a story like this needs that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I kind of disagree because the, like the story was so crazy and like involved so much like mental divergency that I thought it was like perfect with all the like cartoon colors and. Oh, it, it needs, uh, it needs that mood <clears throat> so that when the cartoon creatures show up that there's a difference. Yeah. Yeah. But. The whole story is done that way, so, like, there's not that much difference between the two. There's no juxtaposition. Okay, well, let's talk about the story so people know what we're talking okay. about. <laughs> you describe it because I'm still not entirely sure exactly what the hell is going on. Well, well, you've read it four times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I read it once for each decade that it took to produce it. <laughs> um, well, yeah, basically, you know, like in the original story in the 70s, a guy goes <clears throat> to the swamp. To uh, kind of write his story, and you know he has not, he has a uh, not an altercation, but he meets the main thing and this lady named Sybil, and then everything's happily ever after, like him and right. Sybil. But then you know this one is a little darker, where like it starts out he's going back there, but he doesn't seem like as maniacal. He's like traveling there, and he seems pretty, you know, like even yeah, like he's he's not like freaking out and sweating and. I mean, he's just like, you know, I've lost my mind, I'm going here to die and to right. do this last thing. And well, we should point out that in the original story, it's basically he's uh, he's completely lost his mind. He is completely insane, mm-hmm. and he's trying to write, he's a writer, and he's trying to write this last epic thing. Before, uh, he, before he dies and right. goes crazy. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, his insanity manifests itself in, in a physical form and tortures him. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, so yeah, so at the end of the story, he regains sanity within the span of like two panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of wrapped up a little too neatly. Right. I think the original one, uh, which you know, I mean, it's the seventies; they had limited page counts and all that. Yeah. So you know, but uh, so yeah, so this one picks up where he's uh, decades have passed. Yeah, <laughs> just like in our world, right? Uh, <laughs> and uh, he. Uh, I mean, the the story is clearly supposed to take place in the 80s, which still, I think the original story was like in the mid-70s when it was published, so yeah. at least 10 years have passed. Right. Right. Uh, and yeah, so he uh, heads back and uh, to die, basically. Because, yeah, I mean, he's he's had these years of, like, peacefulness and, and whatever, but then something happened that sort of set him over the brink, and 
he's, he realizes he's like, okay, well, yeah, it's all fucked up. You know, like I'm going down there and I'm just going to do this last thing and then my insanity is going to take over and I'm gone. Right. And, uh, and this is basically that story of, of, uh, how, how that happens and, and, uh, how the man thing plays a role in, in the, the whole, uh, scenario. Right. Uh, <clears throat> and of course he, he coincidentally runs into, uh, Sybil again. Mm-hmm. The, the woman from the first story. The one that saved his life the first time. Right. Uh, and yeah, then the man thing shows up as well. Uh, this is the first man thing story I've ever read. It's, so I didn't know a ton about the character. I think it's the first one I'd read in like 20 years. Right. So I'd forgotten. Like, yeah, he's basically like his only power is, uh, he, he can burn people if he touches them while they're feeling fear. Right. And, uh, those who know fear burn at the touch of the man thing. That's, that's the good tagline they yeah. use for him. <laughs> but, but uh, other than that, he's basically just like a shambling mess of, Swamp goo. Swamp goo, yeah. He's, yeah. He doesn't really think or feel things other than when, uh. Others are. Yeah, cause he's, he's got, he's got, he's like, he's like, uh, um, Diana, or Troy from Star Trek The Next Generation. Yeah, he's he's a, an empath. He's yeah. an empath, yeah. <clears throat> Maybe the nerdiest reference you've ever made. <laughs> <laughs> he's, le- he's like a less hot, more, you know, uh, less smart Troy. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If you can imagine such right. a mess. I mean, he's still pretty hot. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, Art Adams draws the covers. And <laughs> it's hard to go wrong. But no, I, I actually think the, you know, like, like the color thing works because, you know, from the very first panel, he's already clearly insane. And so, like, it, it sort of is like all these vivid colors, like, from his insane mind. Right. But then when he starts interacting with the real world and then when the man thing is around, like, like, that needs to be in that very moody, inky atmosphere with the cartoon trees and, you know, smurf things. All right. You know, uh. All the manifestations from his mind. Right. You know, to, to juxtapose against it. And then all the art has a very. You know, like I, I hate to say homogenous, but you know, that's kind of what it feels like. And, and that again, you know, it makes me feel like I'm, I'm really downgrading, you know, the talent that, uh, right, Kevin right. Nolan has. Cause again, he's amazing and the art in this book is great. But like you, like you said, it's, it's, it's not what I'm looking for when I see his art. Yeah. And, uh, I think that, the juxtaposition of his normal style with that, you know, not loose, but very more right. open and, and colorful style right. would, have, would have worked better with the story. I, I could see that working too, but, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, just for me, it didn't, it didn't affect it because it gave the whole, the whole thing like this sort of, you know, this, this sort of, you know, I don't know, like look into this crazy guy's brain because he was like a cartoon animator and so, like, everything that he sees, like... He's a writer. Or, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, he created these characters, and, like, you know, like, yeah, everything just had this, like, crazy, like, cartoon mixing into reality sort of feel. And, and it was shocking when I first opened the first issue and saw, like, the way, uh, you know, he, you know, Nolan drew Man-Thing. Right. Yeah, like, it was like, I was like, well, that's, that's weird. Like, yeah. that's not what I expected at all. 
But I thought it, <clears throat> I thought it was beautiful and I thought it really worked. Yeah. So that's cool. I mean, yeah, I, you know, but I totally get it because, like you said, he's just, he's got these other strengths that you don't see in here. Right. I will say this. Uh, that guy must have just been fully formed with his abilities. Cause, I mean, if you're looking at a story that you or I started drawing in like 1984, <laughs> right. and then finished up last year. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a definite style change Can between you the first page and the last page. Yeah, almost any artist, like really. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, like you know, we're who are we? A couple of schlubs, right? They know how, but I mean, like even like I mean, even look at Art Adams. Yeah, Art Adams or yeah. Eric Larson or any of these guys. Yeah, yeah, like Kevin. I mean, Moore. even uh, like a month to month thing, like there should be. Almost a difference in, in you know, <laughs> right. quality. At least on a, every five years. Right, yeah. You know, but yeah, this took 30 years to do, and it seems... It looks the same, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh. <laughs> yeah, he is a special kind of beast. He's a... I think he's one of the best, like, just artists who have taken to comics. Like, yeah. he's just phenomenal. Uh, too bad he doesn't do more. Yeah, I would definitely love to see him draw more, but again, he's apparently very slow. Mm-hmm. And I know he he painted this one, so that took more time than usual. I think they said a page a week is yeah. what he was doing. Yeah, I'm sure that may be the same now still, but I'm sure his page rate is much higher. Right. So you know he could probably afford to do that. Oh, I wonder if he was still operating under 1980 salary when he was doing this <laughs> last month. They're like fucking idiots. Uh. Can't believe they got me to do this. <laughs> he's getting, he's like, gas prices were 85 cents a gallon when I took this job. <laughs> so yeah, alright, so we, we disagree about the art. I mean, like I said, it's good. The art is really good. Mm-hmm. It's just not what I was looking for. Alright. Uh, and that's on me, I guess. Oh, yeah. totally. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> No, I see, I see what you're saying. Sure. I just, for me, my experience was, was different. Uh, and then there was the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've said this before on the show numerous times. Uh, I don't ever want to read or watch any kind of story based on how hard it is to be a creative person. All right. Fuck you. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, because, uh, especially if you're making a living at it, mm-hmm. yeah, fuck you, you're living the dream. There's nothing hard about it. I don't know. I'm sure there's, there's things like- No, there's frustrations. Everybody has frustrations, no matter mm-hmm. what they do. If it's your dream job, there's always gonna be a negative to it. Right. But, comparatively, to everything else in the world. Fuck <laughs> you. Oh, yeah, I mean, it'd be a great job. It would, there's no denying that. But I'm sure, like, especially, like, I don't I don't know about Gerber, like, if he ever did just straight commercial work other than... Oh, like, he did. Yeah. Uh, he, he wrote cartoons. He wrote for G.I. Joe. Oh, okay. You know, he is Brian Lazarus in this story. Well, I knew that, but I, I didn't know if it, how, like, how close it was. Like, he actually wrote G.I. Joe. Well, he didn't go insane and start manifesting cartoon <laughs> characters. You don't know that. Well, we don't know <laughs> that for sure. But, 
I mean, he did create Howard the Duck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I like Steve Gerber. I've read other stories about him in the past that I, I really enjoyed. Uh, but not this one, because fuck him. <laughs> See, uh, I loved it. I loved I, this story. Yeah, I could give a shit about, you know, people struggling with the creative process. And that is essentially what this book boils down really? to. Really? See, I, I would have thought, as an artist, you would relate to that more than your average reader. Yeah, I don't want to read it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, like... Because i got to deal with it on my own. But but the thing that I thought you would relate to, which I did too, is, like, any, any sort of frustration, like, like you know, because like, the story, like, takes that and just goes with it and goes in a crazy direction. And, like, it's not, like a complete mirror of exactly what we would go through because it's this kind of crazy guy that goes off the deep end because of it. Right. And you get to see how it plays out without actually having to experience that for yourself. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Just on the premise alone, I don't care where it goes because right. I don't care. Right. Uh, because it's just, at that point, just a whiny crybaby. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, so. I've, I've had this problem with, uh, what was that movie that we watched uh, with uh, Jeremy Davies? Like the uh, uh, French, or he he was making a movie in France. Uh, um, oh, uh, CQ, CQ, yeah. yeah. Like it was that same type of story. Uh, Beast, the the book we read, right. uh, Marion Churchland, and the exact same type of story. I don't care. Right. You're an artist. Suck it up. <laughs> but don't you think like uh, there's other people out there that you know like there's firefighters that see like the rescue me show and like i don't care suck it up i do that every day yeah, yeah. that's what well, that's, that's what i'm saying like it you know it's all opinions but it is all opinion but my opinion is i don't want to read that type of thing because i deal with it every day right uh, but, but yeah but that's so bizarre because this is so crazy and like exaggerated and like fantastical and yeah i, I just uh, all i get out of it is just a guy who is in a very privileged position uh or at least was. Well, when he got uh, fired, he lost his job. No, I'm talking about Steve Gerber. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were talking about Brian Lazarus. Uh, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's about, cause, cause it's about Steve Gerber, is what this book is. Yeah. yeah. And it's about, uh, him, you know, finding, you know, finding it hard to write commercially, you know, uh, and then to, to find something personal in that commercial work. Uh, you know, suck it up. See, I, I totally disagree, cause that, like, cause that's the dream. But that's, like, you know, I'm sure there's frustration with it, and that's a good outlet for it. Like, yeah, there is a frustration, and the good, an outlet for it is to find something creative to do with it, other than just, uh, tell your sad sack story. But he did Stephen do some... King has done this numerous times <laughs> in, uh, numerous books that I can't give a shit about. Right. You know, uh, like, Practically every other Stephen King story is about some writer that goes insane and, you know, bad things start happening. Yeah. I don't care. Huh. Especially Stephen King because you're a fucking gazillionaire. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I, I thought it was great as far as, like, you know, like, I, I think if you are frustrated with something in your life, you, you write about it. Yeah. Find like, a different avenue. To write that frustration. Don't what? slam me in the face with your personal problems. <laughs> huh. You can tell a similar story without having to make the guy him. Well, it wasn't literally him. I mean, no. there's differences. You know. Do you, uh, 
Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, he, he exaggerated and changed things to make it... But not enough. Okay. <laughs> because I'm reading this. It's Steve Gerber. Right. Huh. Well, see, I didn't know that he was a cartoon writer, so maybe I just... If I would have known... I've also been watching, like, 90 episodes of uh, G.I. Joe in the past uh, like <laughs> month, right. so I've seen his name pop up more than a few yeah. times. Uh, huh. Even if I hadn't, it still doesn't matter. Right. See, yeah, I actually... Because writers writing about writers, all they're going to do is just get off these these uh, personal frustrations that ultimately don't matter because they're writers. <laughs> and their problems are very little. If you're making a living as a writer, right. or if you're an artist making a living as a, an artist, mm-hmm. that's your dream. That's what you wanted to do. But that's like saying, like, when Conan, uh, Conan O'Brien had the job, you know, like, he's living the dream, but then, you know, something really frustrating happened to him, and right. he, he made jokes about it, and, like, he did skits about it, and, sure. like, that was fun, because, yeah. you know, he's, you know, he was, like, he didn't have to change it to... It was more awkward than fun. <laughs> really? Yeah. And then eventually he just got to go and do the thing that he still wanted to do in a different venue. Right. You yeah. know, and... That's probably what Gerber did, though. He eventually got to... I mean, I'm sure he did some other stuff that he was happy or, you know, not as frustrated with after, you know, whatever it was that he was... that was giving him trouble, whether it was G.I. Joe or Howard the Duck or whatever. But I don't know. I actually love those kind of stories where, you know, where people take exactly what happened to them and just tweak it a little bit. I hate that. Well, I don't hate that. I hate that with creative people. Right. Like, if he made it about a mechanic who was frustrated, you know, with working on cars and, like, then became psychotic or whatever, <laughs> right. that'd be fun. Yeah. Because that is not him basically yelling at me about how hard his life is. Right. It's about Brian the mechanic who can't, uh, you know, to a carburetor uh, but then, car then, thing. Then there'd be no stories about writers because only writers can write write, write stories. Uh, good. Uh. I never want to read another thing about a writer. <laughs> I never want another artist to write a, or draw or do anything about how hard it is to be an artist. That's the next issue of Edge Dogs. I'm know. pretty sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, you're not making a living off of being an artist. No, not so, even close. So that is fine, actually. Yeah. <laughs> when you reach a certain level of success and you start writing about how hard it is to be you, then... Fuck off. Well, I wonder though, I wonder though, uh, like, was he, you know, like, was he, you know, doing pretty well financially by the time he started writing this? I mean, was that, I'm, I'm sure, sure it's a, as a comic book writer, he probably was not. Right. Yeah, I'm sure he wasn't exactly loaded. Right. Uh, no, but you can make a living. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But, but yeah, like, I mean, Someone who's super loaded off of being a writer or an artist, and especially fuck them. You know, uh, like Patley. Huh? Like Patley. Well, I don't know that he ever did that, but... Uh, well, he ripped off a bunch of well, people. Well, he ripped off a bunch of yeah. people, so, I mean, that that's a whole different uh, <laughs> right. thing to be mad about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, like I said, uh, opponent Stephen King, you know, who like, practically every other story is about writers who have problems. Yeah, I don't care, because Stephen King doesn't have problems anymore. If The problems that Stephen King has are nothing that you or I could relate to. But what if that's, uh, you know, inspirational to struggling writers out there, like, oh, wow, so, you know, 
My well, problems don't. Those people have bigger problems than, uh, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> being inspired by a Stephen King story we'll give them. Uh, and they need to maybe work on those to get over it. What? <laughs> no, I'm saying, like, what if they're like, oh, well, my problems, you know, I, I thought they were weighing me down and going to keep me from being a professional writer, but... You oh, know. well, then they're just stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and they're the same people who watch reality shows and uh, jump <laughs> off cliffs because <laughs> Wiley Coyote does. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, I don't make any kind of living off of, of my art and, or anything like that. And, and I used to write a lot, and I've never been able to do anything with that, which I've given it up, uh, essentially. Uh, and I get upset about it, and I complain about it, and, but I'm never going to, uh, write a full-blown, you know, epic about how hard it is to be me, because no right. one wants to read that. Okay, well, well, but, I mean, there were other elements to the story, like, what did you think about, like, the completely non, you know, re- you know, self-referential stuff, like, about, like, I, I really love the idea that uh, Brian Lazarus, this character, creates in his mind, you know, he's, he's, he's got fired from the cartoon he's working on, and he creates this broccoli thing called Mindy, and he's, uh, it's basically become part of his reality, like it's always with him, and, uh, and he finds out sort of towards the end of the book that it's basically, it wants him to, to, you know, make something creative with, with it, you know, like give it life. And then so once he's gone, uh, you know, it'll still live on and like, sh- you know, show all of the crazy, um, you know, elements of his, of his personality and like it'll live on after he's gone. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was a good idea. Honestly, I stopped caring. <laughs> right. Um, and I don't know, it was just weird and confusing, at least in the, the, First story, the, the, the reprint story, mm-hmm. you know, at least the stuff that was coming out of his head and attacking him was like actual stuff that maybe someone could relate to. Mm-hmm. Like people demanding to be paid for their bills right. and stuff like that. Yeah. And now we're just getting, you know, cartoon characters hacking him <laughs> up and just, I don't know, it's just, uh, just, just, uh, a misstep, I guess. Really? I don't know. Man, I, I don't know, I loved it. I thought it was like, you know, like borderline genius <laughs> as yeah. far as just like mixing reality. I, see, I love stuff that's mostly set in reality and like you actually believe that it's a, a very real thing that could happen, but then there's enough like, you know, yeah, bleed I over. Too, I care. Yeah. <laughs> when, when there are appealing characters who, who, you know, Make me want to root for them, right? Then, uh, yeah, I love that kind of stuff too. <laughs> I love uh, reality bending, you know, mind fuck kind of you know stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I like them about you know actual people who might actually exist. <laughs> but it was about a real person. It was about Steve Gerber. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he's living a fantasy life though. Uh, uh, <laughs> the day you write a GI Joe script and get paid for it. You're no longer part of a real reality. <laughs> that is a pretty awesome job. Yeah. But I'd imagine there's like all kinds of elements that went with it that were frustrating, you know? Yeah. Because I mean, us as kids and like us as like 30 year old 
kids, basically. Watching G.I. Joe, it's still super enjoyable, but I'm, right. I'm sure on the other side of it, there was a well, lot of... sure. And like I said, you know, like, as artists, you and I have frustrations all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we can't do it. Uh, there's nothing there to inspire us. We bitch about it practically every other week when we're here drawing with each other on Saturdays. <laughs> right. I mean, <laughs> and uh, you know how we get over that? By talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not by... Not by printing it. Right. Of course, we do record it on the podcast and yeah. let other people see it. <laughs> it's a little different. Yeah. Because yeah. we're, um, we're not getting paid for the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. And I'm not saying, like, you know, I think you're wrong or anything. But, right. But I, I mean, I just totally love stuff like that. And, like, to me, it wasn't too heavy-handed or preachy, like... Like, I honestly didn't know that it was about him. Like, right. like I thought, well, I don't like, think it was preachy, but it was definitely heavy-handed. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think there was really anything to preach about in it. You know? I mean, he sort of, like, he sort of, like, you know, kind of poked, poked a, you know, jabbed a little at the, uh, like, the industries that, you know. Right. Kind of, kind of take writers for granted and whatever and mistreat them or whatever, but. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, to me, it was just more like, it was that was just kind of like a meta thing or like you know a comment on you know like a career and instead right. of just a, a whininess well uh let me like I've been watching a lot of thirty rock lately, mm-hmm. which is about writers on a TV show right and it's a TV show about writers on a TV show yeah, by uh, writers right yeah uh but guess what it's barely about the writers. Yeah. It's all about other things that happen to them and wacky sitcom situations. Right. And, you know, just joke a minute, you know, rapid fire oh, yeah. comedy. And it's never about how hard it is to be them. And every time that it veers into that, it's like, fuck, wait a minute. We're writing for a TV show. Fuck us. And they get it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's sort of maybe what this is lacking. Okay. You know that that's sort of, not comedy, but you know, right? But just that's just the 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 foresight to realize that uh, well, maybe because I've had the opportunity to make a living as a writer, maybe maybe I shouldn't be so. Let's uh, reel it in a bit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, but I mean, Man Thing always has had sort of like that that you know, I guess roots in horror. So like, right. like it does feel kind of like. Like one of those Twilight Zone style episodes where like right. you're following this guy during his final days and you know something fucked up and crazy is happening to him and right. I don't know I don't know I thought it worked I thought it worked uh, I mean and maybe another part of it is that uh, you know I didn't expect Man Thing to barely be in it <laughs> yeah, right yeah but again I guess if he's uh, Shambling, non-thinking, you know, muck monster. Then you know, I guess, he can't really, he right. can't really carry a story. Right. Yeah. So I guess you do have to, which makes it a weird character to be so popular for decades. Yeah, it, it is like bizarre to me because I'm trying to think. I bet though it was one of those things that after you know about ten years, didn't I mean wasn't he even part of a team? Like I don't think he was in the champions or the defenders or anything, was he? But uh, I know he's part of the Thunderbolts yeah. currently. So I mean, like he, they had to have given him the Dark Avengers. The Dark Avengers. Yeah. I'm sure eventually, I'm, and I'm guessing in the '80s even they gave him. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you know, like a personality update, you know, where he wasn't as, you know, useless of a right main character, you know. Oh, uh, I think I did read somewhere that uh, at one point in time he did speak, but 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, but but as he, I guess, is traditionally presented, it, it, he's definitely definitely not a standalone character that can seemingly hold his own story. Right. And at so, least not a full on story. Like, right, right. Like, like that story at the very end, uh, in the third issue, because the first two issues, they, they reprint, they reprint, uh, half in each one of, uh, the original, right, uh, Brian right, Lazar story. Right, right. And then the final one is just like a really old story. I think um, it's his first appearance. Yeah, it's like Roy Thomas and Jerry Conway. And, and the art by Gray Morrow is, is amazing. amazing. Oh yeah. my gosh. But yeah, and Man Thing's barely in that because it's like his origin. Right. <clears throat> and that worked really well because, right. you know, he's barely right. in it. But, but, uh, yeah, yeah, that art was incredible. Yeah, it was. I liked that story a lot more than I liked anything else, but at the same time, I also liked that story when I read it in Swamp Thing. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> it was very Swamp Thing-ish. And like, Swamp Thing was first, right? Um, I think Swamp Thing came first. Or no, I think Man Thing came first. Swamp Thing came shortly after. Hmm. No. Uh, all I know is that Len Wayne, who wrote the Swamp Thing, uh, originally was roommates with Jerry Conway, who oh. wrote Man Thing. Oh, wow, really? And they were both published in the same year, so. Oh man, that's odd. I know there's, there's, uh, you know, some, some controversy over, uh, which happened first and. and were they, like, did they remain friends after? I don't know. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, but obviously both characters went in completely different directions. Yeah. Where, where Man Thing is, yeah, he's more of a, yeah, he is more of a Twilight Zone-esque character where he just sort of shuffles in and out of stories. And this whole uh, thing sort of became more like an Incredible Hulk. I mean, he doesn't change, but he like sort of like affects different people's lives when they come through his town or whatever. Well, I think that's that's more Man Thing still. Yeah. Or Swamp Thing, I think uh, he he well he had a brain and a personality and speech patterns and right. you know and obviously when Alan Moore came around you know turned it into something completely different right so you know Swamp Thing is more of a character Man Thing is more of a device yeah you know? yeah like a yeah he drives the story instead of interacts in the story right uh, I will say I'm very disappointed that I didn't like this story yeah I wanted to. Yeah. I wanted to a lot. Well, maybe, I, you know, I did, I did like, like it more the second time I read it. Maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. read it the second time. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I do own it now. Forever and ever. <laughs> I know Mavericks will never need them because right. holy shit. Well, I ordered, I ordered ten copies of each and I'm sure we still have eight copies of each right. sit, sitting there. Which is really sad. Yeah. I mean, it is very interesting just for being like you know the piece of history that it is mm-hmm. that it did take thirty years to make and you know the writer is no longer alive and you know awesome covers yeah uh, but you know I can I can see why your average comic reader would not be interested because it didn't have the letters A versus X in the corner right in the yeah. top corner it would have sold out then probably because we got like ten people with all A versus X no oh, matter what it sure. is. Yeah, I mean, this, this is just a very strange thing for Marvel. I mean, like, you know, granted, like you said, it's, you know, uh, you know, it was written decades ago, and, like, that was probably a more, uh, you know, like, I don't know, it seemed more like something that would, they would have published back then. Right. But I think it's awesome that Marvel still put it out, um, you know, yeah. after it's finished. They do occasionally do things like that, you know, uh, I mean, 
there was, was that that lost Fantastic Four issue that they put out like a couple oh, yeah. years ago. Yeah, and you know they, they can occasionally put out like just weird off the cuff stuff when they want to. Yeah, they just never seem to want to that much. So I mean, whether I like this story or not. You know, I, I wanted to support it anyway because it was one of those weird off-the-cuff things. Yeah. And I totally want to see Marvel do more of that than more of, oh, yeah. you know, endless crossovers. I've definitely, I definitely enjoyed this more than anything I've read by Marvel in years. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited that they put it out. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, I hope that the, I guess inattention maybe that this book got hopefully doesn't you know derail them from maybe attempting I mean obviously they're they're not going to be able to do this again because right. you know, yeah. the, the situation was just bizarre right but uh you know I, I do hope that occasionally they feel that they can put out you know just something weird yeah like you know, a one off yeah. doesn't connect to the exactly nothing continuity spreading not everything the, needs to be part of that right yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Like yeah. Space Punch. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, I gotta take a break. Alright, so let's do that. Sounds good. Don't lose your mind 
ladies and gentlemen, once again, gutter trash. <laughs> Can you imagine if we were the musical guests on Saturday Night Live? Oh, that would suck. Yeah. It was just like two minutes of us talking, you know, like, well, you know, I don't know, Justin Bieber or whoever hosts it. Right. Justin Bieber would probably be the musical guest. Right. Yeah. yeah. I knew he, I knew he was a famous person, but, <laughs> but I, I couldn't remember what he did for a living. Uh, and I think if it was just us talking by definition, we would not be a musical guest. <laughs> I don't know. I Unless we were playing bongos at the same time. Sometimes we have like a sing-song quality to our voices. Do we? Yeah. I mean, uh, look look at the pitches are changing right now. <laughs> yeah, I've always heard British people say uh, Americans sound like they're singing all the time. Really? Yeah. Because you know, well, you know how like like a lot of British people sound American when they sing. Uh-huh. Like, like they. Like, I forget if it was Ozzy or somebody I read an interview with, and he said that it, it always sounded like Americans were just always singing. Huh. Because, I don't know, just the, the way their voices usually carry when they're singing. I don't know. You know that Ozzy is on a ton of drugs, probably. Well. Uh, especially when he probably made that uh, observation originally. I believe that's never been proven. It's all conjecture. <laughs> conjecture uh, registry? Yeah. <laughs> He's he's may have never tried drugs. So <laughs> <clears throat> it going? Not not too bad. Uh, are we cool? I don't, I don't think we can be friends anymore. Okay. <laughs> I always uh, always fear for our friendship whenever uh, oh, I no. disagree with you on. I, uh, I I think that's a good that's a good thing. I mean, like, I mean, usually we have we have varying tastes, but. Uh, we usually agree on on yeah. stuff, so I mean I think it's refreshing when sometimes we have different points of view. Yeah. But I mean, this time you were just clearly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, uh, that's that's actually not what's bothering me. I, I do have something that's a little uh, make me, made me a little distraught in the last twenty four hours. Okay, is it me? No, no, nothing, okay. nothing that you did, nothing that you did. Well, not that I know of. I mean, who knows? Okay, there's a mystery. Mystery. Yeah. Is it uh, your comics? You've misplaced them again. <laughs> no, no. I I found those. I've misplaced something much more valuable. Your mom? My doogie. Oh. I I'm not kidding. Yesterday, uh, I was on my way to work. Doogie now lives with us. With us right. for the listener who doesn't know, um, he lives with me and my mom. And yesterday, I was on my way to work. And Doogie was like, I'm gonna head out too since you're leaving. And I was like, Okay, where are you going? He's like, I'm going downtown to pick up my raw milk. And I was like, oh, cool. Well, I'll see you later. I'll probably see you tonight. He hasn't returned. My mom said, uh, she was there all day yesterday. Huh. He never came back. Uh, this morning, he wasn't there. He even said something about, uh, going to the festival with me and Kathleen today. Okay. You know, he was never there. Um, I didn't call him because he does weird stuff like that sometimes. Right. But I was like, yeah, I'm sure he'll be back by the time we get back from the corn festival. But yeah, when I came over here, still hadn't showed up. Huh. Well, uh, I know that there was uh, some sort of uh, concert going on for the past couple of days in downtown. Right. That's that's what I was thinking. That right. like I know he likes live music. So, God of My Voices was there. Uh, but I mean, he's got raw milk. Uh, maybe he drank it. <laughs> Shared some with Bob Pollard. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, is the uh, is there only a limited time in which to pick up the raw milk? Or? Uh, just uh, well, just on Saturday. I mean, it's like okay. I think he's there like. Nine to five or something like okay. the trucks there. So. Huh. So yeah. 
<laughs> Pretty weird. Uh, it's weird. Uh, <laughs> you, you don't think he went back to uh, to Mindy's house, do you? The, uh, the the fictitious broccoli character. Yes. <laughs> maybe maybe she turned into some sort of giant uh, man-eating tree. Right. And uh, you know uh, tried to impale him and take over his uh, his life. Huh. Well, that's too bad. <laughs> uh, and by that I mean uh, your extra mate. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I. Yeah, I don't. I have no idea what could happen to him, but I mean, he is Doogie. Sometimes he disappears for a day. He's like, right. he's kind of like an alley cat, you know. You, you know, like you know, you see him every day for a while, and then all of a sudden you're like, you know, where's you know, where's Ruffles? And right, then, right. You know, and like three days later, he comes back with a nick on his ear. Right, right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. I mean, he. I uh, hope he's okay. <laughs> You know, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. He's he's a he's a grown man. Maybe he got drunk on so much raw. Maybe he drinks so much raw milk that he's like, "Where am I?" And he's like wandering around the courthouse square right now <laughs> without his shoes. Yeah. That's possible too. Uh, uh, well, I'm sure. I'm sure things are all right. Yeah. yeah. He's, uh, I would hate for. Uh, our last episode to be the last episode with him. Yeah. 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 Well, like I said, I'm, I'm gonna have him been so distraught that I've actually even called his cell phone. Right, right. So, because, you know, he's dookie. He does stuff like that. But, right. But, you know, it's still, still yeah, a little it weird. Could be that, uh, you know, he's, he's been living uh, with you and your mom for a few weeks now. Maybe mm-hmm. he just felt the need to just get out for a while and, yeah. and stretch. Not, not just for, uh, his benefit, maybe for for her benefit too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I mean, your mom's nice and everything, but I'm sure there's a part of her that is like, yeah, another straight. <laughs> <Right. laughs> <laughs> and and like yeah, like you said, I mean, it's not every day that John Legend and uh, Train and uh, right. uh, Got to Have Voices are playing live and and dating. So maybe yeah, maybe. There's like some big, I don't know what it's even called, the Dayton Festival or something. Uh, Dayton Heritage or Respect. Something with an R. Hmm. Dayton Rim Jobs. (laughs) That's something different. Oh, because I went to that. Yeah. (laughs) That is uh, not fun. (laughs) Uh, so, yeah. Uh, Doogie. Yeah. Uh, Whoever you are. Hope you're alive. Yeah. So how, about, how about you? Anything uh, mysterious this week for you? Uh, nope. <laughs> so why, why didn't you go see Gatto Voices play live anyway? Because <laughs> I hate them. Oh, yeah. yeah. That would be the main reason. Yeah. Uh, why didn't you go? Um, I actually love Gatto by Voices, but... I don't know of a band that I would pay. I think it was like $65 for the whole event. Right. And you couldn't just like say like, well, I'll give you a 25 to go for this hour. Like, you know, you had to just buy a, right. a weekend pass. So that's a little much for me. Like maybe if I had both days off work and like I was like, what the hell? Right. But I worked both, you know, Friday and Saturday all day. So. Right. You know, our friends uh, Joe and Jenny uh, pretty much spent all uh, weekend there. Yeah. yeah. With uh, apparently Jenny getting accidentally drunk early today. Really? Yeah. 
Like she thought she was drinking just regular. But I don't know rare stuff. I don't know. I'm sure he'll he'll have a story about that. Uh, yeah. Hmm. That's cool. But you know, day drunk is the best drunk. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. You know, like I'm surprised that being you know friends with the people I was friends with for so many years and roommates with. Um, it wasn't until just a few years ago, I went to one of those festivals, I don't remember which one, I think it was like a Greek festival with a couple of my friends, and I started drinking beers, you know, like 11 or 12, and by like 2 o'clock I was like, I am drunk, yeah. and the sun is out, this is amazing. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. And that, I think it's only happened to me like three times in my life. Yeah. It's happened to me more than a few times, but, uh, you know, but, uh... Whatever. Well, the only horrible part is if you're out in the sun, it ends up being uh, a miserable day. Yeah, yeah. Like that ended up, like even at the Greek festival, it ended up being miserable because, yeah, I just got all dried out and right. felt, felt like I'd been hit with a sledgehammer, but. I don't think I would ever get drunk outside. No. I'm not a fan of outside anyway, so. <laughs> right. I want to be drunk somewhere, uh, safe and, and cozy. See, I don't even like getting drunk anymore. I just like having a little bit Oh, buzz. I don't like getting drunk yeah. at all anymore either, but, uh, what I did. Right, right. Yeah. I especially would not do it outside. Mm-hmm. Especially not in the summer. Yeah, not yeah. in the summer, buddy. And then not in the winter, because you don't want to pass out in the snow exactly. drift. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just safer to stay in, stay inside. Yeah. Gee, uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> when you're getting drunk, kids, make sure <laughs> you have a buddy and you're inside. Yep. It really is the best way to get drunk. Mm-hmm. If buddy you do system. that in the day... Double X. Oh, yeah. Skip yeah. school. Yep. With one of your buddies. <laughs> Get drunk in the basement. Or the tool shed outside. Yeah, there's not very much uh, ventilation. It gets hot out there. No, oh, that's true. Well, yeah. maybe in the springtime, fall, yeah. maybe fall. Have a box fan in there. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I would say somewhere where there's air conditioning or at least plenty of ventilation. Ooh, what if what if you have a window air conditioning in your tool shed? Like if it's big enough. Oh, then yeah. That's that'd, be, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Nobody even knows you're there. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, man. Perfect. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you went to a, a corn festival. For my second year running. Uh, Kathleen Coyle, my lady friend, is from South Vienna, Ohio. And there's not much there other than, like, one state route and then an annual corn festival. And so we went there. And, uh, to the state route. To the state route. And we accidentally ended up in the corn festival. <laughs> no. Uh, no, we purposely went there. And the weird thing is, me and her and her dad all went there. We went to his house and hung out with him and picked him up and took him there. And none of us had a, a single kernel of corn the entire time we were there. Wow. Yeah. What was the point? Well, there was all kinds of cool stuff. Food-wise. Like, uh, I had deep fried pretzel bites that they look like the things you'd, you know, get in, in like those, uh, pretzel bites you'd make in the oven, but right. they deep fried on them. With some sort of corn batter? Probably corn batter. Yeah, probably corn batter. Right. I would guess. And then, you know, and then give you like cheese to dip it in. Um, yeah, that was amazing. But yeah, it was, it was just fun. And, and like, uh, one of Kathleen's friends was there with her, like, uh, five-year-old daughter, and uh, we got to watch her ride the, like the little roller coasters and stuff, and that was actually really fun because she was like screaming and you know, in a good way, like oh, you know, way. So that was actually <clears throat> really cool. 
And then we got to hear some live gospel music from the tent. It was, uh, it was you know, not awesome, actually. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, I mean, I like some gospel music, but that one wasn't, wasn't so good. Yeah, it was a good time, though. Because it wasn't too hot today. Right, yeah, it's pretty pleasant. Yeah, it was like a good festival going day. Yeah. I think that's, uh, uh, I know there's usually like five or six festivals that all go on like the weekend after Labor Day, so, yeah, it's, it could be a crapshoot. Yeah. Because, cause, you know, sometimes it can still be, you know, feeling the effects of summer. Right. Because, cause well, I mean, technically it's still summer. Right, but, for yeah. a couple more weeks. Yeah. But uh, sometimes you luck out, like today. It was. It was good times. And, I mean, it's it's cool because, I mean, it's free to get in. And there's all kinds of, like, you know, like little raffle. Oh, I just remembered. Oh, shit. Uh, Kathleen bought 20 raffle tickets for five bucks. And then we were supposed to fill her name on them and turn them in before we left. And we never did. Oh, well. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. It was for a good cause. It was for, like, peewee football. So That's yeah. not a good cause. <laughs> That's... She was, her argument was that when, uh, playing sports is probably still fun because the kids aren't so serious about it. Yeah, it's not the kids, it's the parents. Oh yeah, it's, that's what you gotta worry about. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do not support, uh, athletics. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's just me being an art fag, so. Mm. Uh, and also, uh, annoyed that, uh, apparently football season has already started. And, oh yeah. Yeah, now uh, on the, the Facebooks and the Twitters is everybody uh, talking about football, and I can't give a shit. I'm not a fan either. Yeah. I uh, just about every other sport, professional sport, I've at one time been a big fan of. Yeah. Never football. I can I can tolerate football. I just don't like the people who like football. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, of all the sports that there are, I would I'd rather watch. Uh, most anything else. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's not true. I'd rather watch fucking Yahtzee than football. Like, uh, I, I, I've never liked football. Uh, I wouldn't watch NASCAR. I'd rather watch NASCAR than football, yeah, honestly. I can't do that. I mean, I'd have to be watching it, like, like, Kathleen's dad likes NASCAR. Right. And, and I've watched two NASCAR games in my life, and they've both been in the last year at his house. Right. And uh, it was fun because, like, he has comments about some of the drivers and he, he knows their personalities and whatever. Right. But I couldn't imagine just sitting at home. Like, they would just put me to sleep in, like, yeah. five minutes. I think uh, I've definitely discovered in the past year or so that uh, I would probably totally watch, uh, you know, football or, you know, your, your average non-Cubs baseball game uh, if, you know... Well, I could pretty much watch any sport except for NASCAR or golf right. if I was uh, working at the same time, you know, drawing or coloring something, right. you know, just just doing something, you know, productive at the same time. Yeah. But I could, I cannot wrap my head around people who just uh, sit and watch it. What? Right. Right. Yeah. Just stare at it. Yeah. Because because I can't see the entertainment value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Like, when I was a kid, I watched a lot of basketball because I played basketball all the time. Right. And, like, I was, like, just, you know, like, inspired by those people. And I was like, man, they're amazing. And I'd, you know, I will like, say that I think basketball is a fantastic sport to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do like watching basketball. It's pretty action-packed. Yeah. That and hockey. Yeah. Pretty, pretty non-stop. Yeah. Yeah, golf, though, man. 
I love watching golf if I want to take a nap because right. it sh- just knocks me out. Uh, I'm gonna say the most boring sport televised in existence is soccer. Really? Oh, Christ. <laughs> you would think that, uh, you know, a sport that involves uh, people running around a field, kicking a ball, and you know, you'd think that then maybe it would be a little more action-packed. Right. Uh, it is not. <laughs> Even with and the... Uh... games can end with nobody scoring. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. Even with the like the possible threat of uh, riots, that doesn't help yeah. add a charge to it. Um, I mean the uh, like when I was a kid, like I was forced to go to a lot of soccer games because like friends of mine were playing soccer, and like I was pawned off on their parents to take care of for the day or whatever. Right. Uh, so that always sucked. But uh, when I worked at the TV station, I had to run a couple times. Uh, like a soccer event on TV, and it was just god awful and would go on forever, and nothing happened. Uh, I've never, I don't think I've ever watched soccer. Oh, do not recommend it. I've never tried. I, I get why uh, people are into it in other countries as much as they are. It's huge. It is. It doesn't make sense. Hmm. Uh, I, did, I will say uh, running football games was always uh, pretty pleasant at the TV station. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Was that? Uh, I don't know. There's just something about it that was kind of relaxing, and, and uh, even though it's a football game and there's, you know, like, you know, I mean, you're you're dependent on, you know, uh, you know the game actually happening and then you're running on time and everything like that, uh, it still was relatively clockwork-like in how it operates. Really? Yeah, like even even though they'll they'll you know pause you know this the, the the timer you know every you know yard or fumble or anything right. you know for minutes on end and then you know, take countless commercial breaks. Uh, there was always still like a distinct pattern to how it ran, and and uh, hmm. I could like walk away from it for like an hour and wow. be fine. Yeah, because you'd think with all the timeouts and the random right. randomness, it would uh, keep you on your toes. No, yeah, not really. Hmm. It was pretty relaxing to run. And, hmm. you know, I, I would enjoy them. Mm-hmm. It's the half times that uh, always uh, bothered me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I don't know why we are talking about any of this. <laughs> Sports. We're, yeah. trying to, we're trying to, you know, gain a new uh, target audience. Sure. The whole sports crowd. <laughs> oh, buddy. So, we had, so you enjoyed the court festival? I did. I had a good time. Well, that's cool that they had rides. I didn't think that they would have rides. Yeah, they even had like that Viking ship thing. Like, Whoa. You know, we didn't ride that one. I didn't ride any of them. Right. Um, but, but, because, uh, you know, the little girl didn't want to get on that one. But Right. Yeah, I would, uh, I would just assume that uh, not a lot of the. the Food-based festivals have rides, right? So yeah, okay, I can see an appeal to that. Then, and it, I mean, it, it had some cool stuff too. Like it had your typical carnival things, like where you you know throw darts at balloons. And oh, and the squirt gun one was ran by a person that me and Kathleen were trying to figure out if it was a male or a female oh. for like for like an hour. Like every time we walked by, like we could not. Like she's she's betting female. I'm still totally undecided. Wow, it was like this curly mulleted. Uh, smoking, 
you know, like they had a cigarette at home and they were super hot. Right. Um, person with a microphone that was like, come on up, come on, you know, and like, right. it could have been either one. Like it, it's such, it was such a, it's Pat kind of moment. Wow. Know? It was amazing. And the carnival games, those are fun too. The like carnival those. games. They even had this little tent, uh, that supposedly had pythons and the world's largest rat. And oh. it was only $2 to go inside and look at them, but we ended up not doing it. Huh. Oh, which is surprising because we were both kind of like, oh, that's neat. We'll have to do that. And right. eventually we just never did. And then like the other cool thing they had, but it was like 20 bucks. You get your pictures taken in like those old timey western photo right, settings. Right. If it would have been like five or ten, maybe I would have said, "Yeah, hey, let's do it." Get a little, I can't imagine any amount of money uh, that you wouldn't have done it for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hundred bucks, whatever. Yeah. Sign me up. Give me the wallet size too. No, I mean the, no. the other way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like I wouldn't have paid a penny to do that. Really? Yeah. Uh, it just seemed kind of fun. I mean, it wasn't like the ones where you stick your head through a, a hole and the right. body's already painted on it. It's like they actually dress you up and like, right, yeah, and like there's backgrounds. And yeah, stuff. <laughs> it's uh, that's uh, it's cosplay. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't, uh, I don't approve. That's not cosplay. You're not in character. You're eh, posing, but you're putting on a costume. Man. And you're kind of in character. I like putting on costumes. I know. I saw. <laughs> yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. Oh, you finally saw. I did. Yeah. I saw it like the day after. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not going to dress up for Halloween? No. I'm a 34 year old. I'm going to try to find a good Halloween party to go to. Because uh, Kathleen wanted to go to one last year, and we didn't get to go to one. Yeah. So she wants to dress up and go to a Halloween thing, so I'm going to try to find one this year. If anybody knows of a good Halloween party that you would want to invite a Jason Young and a Kathleen Coyle at least. Maybe an Eric Schoenberg? Nope, not an Eric Schoenberg. He's saying no. Don't invite him. Uh, let me know. Uh, You're grown-ass people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mostly. Yeah. <laughs> Physically, yes. Emotionally, mentally, no. <coughs> ah, so anything else exciting? Mm. No. no. No, nothing. 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 I broke. Oh, that's not good. Because of comics? Uh, no. 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 Because of uh, rent and gas. Ah. It's not as fun as comics. Nope. I wish I was broke because of comics, because at least then I can uh, talk about something, maybe. <laughs> so, probably would have read something. <laughs> All right. Uh, I haven't read anything. haven't watched anything, really. Got nothing. Wow. haven't done anything. haven't left the house. Man. One of those stagnant kind of points and periods. Yeah. Uh, no, you mean my entire life? <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the one. Hmm. Hmm. Why, uh, I start my class tomorrow. I teach a class tomorrow. Did I tell you about that? No. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna be teaching an art class at a high school tomorrow. Wow. And, uh, it's, it's like eight special needs kids. Okay. So it's not like a real high school class where they're gonna be like, 
having sex and smoking crack. And, right. you know. Yeah, they might. Well, you never know. Yeah. They limit it, though, in the special right, needs right. class. Yeah, it's just, you have to pull out, and then, like, you can't inhale. It's There's, you know, they they have rules. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, I'm pretty excited. What are you teaching? Well, I mean, it's basically every every week, every Monday, I have an hour to do an art project with them. And then, you know, like it's, a, I can either do a small one every week or, a, you know, like kind of a, to build the big one. But tomorrow's my first one, so I'm just, I'm gonna just do something small. Like, I'm gonna have them, like, make these name tags that are, um, like they're gonna do, like, color pencil drawings and we're gonna cut them out and glue them to, uh, magnets for their fridges and name tags. So, like, we, so just to make sure I, like, know all their names. Right. You know? So. What makes you qualify? I know, right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I have no degree. Uh, I think, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of lucked into it. So, huh. yeah. Well, good luck. I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, it. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, should be cool. I'm, I'm actually really excited about it because this could be something like if, if I do okay at it and like they like, the way I do it, like maybe this time next year I'll do it full time. Yeah. So that would be awesome. What if you hate it? I can't imagine I would hate it, but but I, I can imagine that it wouldn't be awesome. I actually met all the kids. Like I, I went to the school last week and met them all, and they're really cool. I mean, they're like some of them are like kind of, you know, like they don't like they're not as in tune and like low. They're kind of low functioning, so they're yeah, not so magic players. They're like magic players, yeah. <laughs> only without only you know like. Like they, they, uh, they don't choose to be that way. You know, like they don't just waste all their time and money on this shitty ass game. Um, so, but no, it, it, it could be challenging, but I'm excited. Right. Well, good luck to you. I appreciate that. I say that with as much sincerity as I can possibly muster. <laughs> yeah. Which is not a lot. Really? Yeah. You wish me no luck. I wish you some luck. Okay. I told you. I'm conjuring up as much. Really? Sincerity so, so, as I possibly can. So you'd rather me have to stay at Mavericks? No. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the level of sincerity you mustered. It's there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Could be. Could be awesome. I hope it is for us. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you all about it next time. Alrighty. So. I guess I should pick a movie then. Probably. Yeah. How about, uh, this is only one movie, even though it sounds like three. Uh, A Woman, A Gun, and A Noodle Shop. Um, can I pick The Woman? <laughs> I don't see, but you could pick a movie called The Woman, and it could be awesome. Actually, there is a movie I want to see called The Woman. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Oh, let's just watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I want to watch all three. I want to oh, watch all okay. three. It's a long movie. A long day, I mean, watching three movies. Okay. I don't have a lot of excitement for this pick. Really? Yeah. Really? Uh, but, I can't rightly veto it, even though I kind of want to. Really? What what was it? I don't know. I just, uh, doesn't have a lot of appeal to me. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Even though I know Exactly the movie that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd rather probably just watch the original. <laughs> so, uh, but we'll, we'll do this. 
So it's available on Netflix? Um, gosh, I hope so. All right. <laughs> well, uh, if not, we'll just watch Blood Simple. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll look and, uh, we'll, we'll add an addendum if, uh, for some reason it does not exist. <laughs> okay. Uh, but for now, uh, Woman a Gun in a Noodle Shop. Yeah. Alright. Yeah. Okay then. Check it out, fuckers. Yeah. Wait. Alright. Maybe we'll be back. Maybe we won't. <laughs> to be continued? <laughs> I don't know why I touched my face like that. <laughs> I like that you did. You can subscribe to Gutter Trash at iTunes or directly at guttertrash.net. If you go to iTunes, please leave us a review. You can email us at eric at guttertrash.net or jason at guttertrash.net. For more info, you can find us on Facebook. Or you can go to seanborn.net or buyerbeware.guttertrash.net. Listen to our sister podcast, League Night, at league.guttertrash.net. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs>